Grace to you and peace this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, we are here at the, the end of the church year, and we call this the Christ the King Sunday. It sounds an awful like, like the Passion Week, uh, the Holy Week, um, but there's a reading why we put this gospel reading here at the end of the church year. Of course, next week will be a new year. It will be uh, the first Sunday of Advent, uh, and so life in the church looks a little bit different than what we are thinking about, uh, especially this week. Of course, there was no uh, kind of Thanksgiving years and years ago, and, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago. This is, by all accounts, a modern invention, and it's not necessarily a church holiday. It's more of a secular holiday, Thanksgiving. Uh, and you don't have to be Christian to celebrate Thanksgiving, or, you know, there's tons of different types of people that celebrate that. But this is the end of the church year, and we get this kind of strange reading. Instead of rushing into the holidays, which is so endemic in our culture, we have the text on Christ the King Sunday that sounds more like a Good Friday reading than it does the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Actually, Christ the King Sunday does not leapfrog the next three and a half months at all. Instead, it is meant to summarize the past 12 months. Because wrapped up in this gospel today is that infant king of last Christmas who we say, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This is how the story ends. You know, it sounds so old-fashioned, doesn't it? Christ the king. It sounds like it comes from medieval times. It's not from medieval times. It actually was established following World War I when the Pope declared that Christ is sovereign over all nations, as the nations warred during the First World War. Couldn't we update this Sunday? It sounds so foreign to us in America. Christ the president, perhaps? Maybe Christ, the prime minister, or even Christ, the CEO, Christ, the leader, Christ, the boss. Why Christ the king? Because we hardly have any kings anymore, at least outside of the fairy tales that you and I read. Sure, there are a few heads of state in a few countries who still use royal titles, but for the most part, those kings just ride around in horse-drawn carriages and cut ribbons at the opening of a new bridge and look pretty in pictures while the real work and the real power falls to their elected leaders. And this king we hear of today in the gospel reading is not that kind of king. Perhaps not the king that one would anticipate would be the hope of the world. You would expect somebody like Jesus to stand out. You would expect somebody like him to have words of wisdom not to be crucified on a cross. And you would expect someone in whom the fullness of God dwelt to take your breath away. What we don't expect is the Jesus that the Bible records, who was put to death on a cross. It was the mocking of the soldiers in that gospel lesson today. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. It's also an echo of last winter's first Sunday in Lent when the devil dared to spur with Jesus. The devil said, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And again, the devil says to Jesus in that last Sunday of the first Sunday of Advent, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. It's 
bookmarked from the beginning to the end. The temptation at the beginning of Jesus' ministry and the cross at his end. Indeed, all of Jesus' parables and miracles and sermons of the past 12 months are focused on the cross. He's an odd sort of king, this Jesus. He walked around from one town to the next. He was homeless. He was an itinerant rabbi. He ate with sinners and the outcasts, the undesirables. He talked to all the wrong people. That's not what we would think of and call majestic. That's not how a king lives. And being nailed to a tree between two common criminals isn't exactly a heroic way to die. It's a shameful way. That's not how a king dies. If it wasn't a sign over his head that read, the king of the Jews, somebody who passed by Golgotha, the place where Jesus was crucified, would have never guessed that this was indeed the savior of the world enthroned upon a cross, a thorny crown pierced deep into his scalp. He looked anything but powerful. Where was the pride? Where was the fight? Jesus just hung there and died. There were soldiers overseeing his execution and they were representative of the occupying Roman Empire. That's where the power was. Powerful might, army, power to rule with an iron fist. He's an odd sort of king, this Jesus. His kingdom has no bounds. I can't physically show you Jesus' kingdom here on earth. He conquers enemies by waging peace. Isn't that an interesting idea? Not war, peace. Calling him president or prime minister or CEO doesn't quite encapsulate what Jesus is. There's only one way we can describe what Jesus is. Jesus is king. He answers to no one. There's no constitution that he follows. There are no elected people to veto his word. There can be no other word for it. Christ is king. He is the legislature, the executive, the judiciary. He makes the rules and he is the one who grants the pardons. Christ is the king. Our loyalty as Christian people is to him and no one else. There are other rules we have to follow. There are rules everywhere, at school, at work, on the road, at home, even in the swimming pool and on the playground. There are many rules and many people in authority to, over us, police and judges, politicians, officials. We answer to our bosses, our teachers, our leaders, because they exercise authority over us by their power to take things away or to make things happen. They can revoke our privileges. They can tax us. They can issue fees and fines upon us. They can grant or deny us promotions. They can lower our grades and limit our future opportunities. Some of these authorities have power to imprison us, to take our life away. And to one extent or another, that's what it all boils down to. The many rules and rulers that govern our lives do so by the power of death, the power to take stuff away. He's a different sort of king, this Jesus. Jesus rules not by the power of death, but by life. 
That's the irony of the cross. Through death comes life. Jesus doesn't threaten us and persuade us or pressure us by what he can take away. Jesus leads us by giving. Giving rules for the power of life, Jesus then forgives us, merciful, and simply loves us. He gives us the power to be forgiven and accepted just as we are. He gives us the ability to be merciful and kind to other people. He gives us hope and joy and life in eternity. He is an odd king. So no matter who claims power, no matter what wonder and what horrors us in the week that lies ahead, no matter what frightens and threatens us, one thing will be true. Christ is king. And for that, thanks be to God. Amen.